You're listening to Leadership in Crisis. Do you agree that effective communication is critical to all leaders, especially now in this pandemic where each leader has to communicate to their teams who are spread across globally? If the message what a leader would like to share is not clear to all the stakeholders, then guess what? Everything may not really the way how the leader wanted the organization to be forward. So not just the communication, but the effective communication is critical for leaders. Let us dive in. This is your host, Swami Sri Parambadur, and you are listening to Leadership in Crisis podcast. And we have invited a special guest, Sarah Gershman, to explain about the importance of communication and how one can improve that skill. Let me give a brief introduction of Sarah to all of you. Sarah Gershman is an executive speech coach with more than 20 years of teaching and theater experience. Sarah specializes in helping clients clarify their message in order to cultivate stage presence and inspire an audience. Whether preparing for a keynote address, briefing senior officials, or pitching a product, Sarah helps clients find their core message and make that message stick. Sarah works with executives in Fortune 50 companies, government agencies, and nonprofit organizations, including Microsoft, General Dynamics, National Political Campaigns, and the United States of Department of Defense, and many more. Sarah is an adjunct professor of communications at the McDonald's School of Business at Georgetown University, where she lectures regularly students from around the world. Sarah has a master's in social work from Columbia University and a master's in Zodiac studies from the Jewish Theological Seminary. She is a Wexner graduate alumni and graduated Phi Beta Kappa from Johns Hopkins University with a BA in literature. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Swami. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. It's my privilege to have you here because in this pandemic, so many people are trying to communicate, especially the leaders, the important message. And when the things are very good, people can easily communicate. But when things are very hard and the brutal facts have to be communicated, it is a challenging task for the leaders to communicate. And if they don't communicate effectively, we know. So from your perspective, why this communication is very critical to all the leaders? Well, I think that you're absolutely right, that communication is absolutely critical to all leaders. Um, And to be honest, it's not something that is easy to learn, and it's not something necessarily that leaders are taught. You know, as a a professor of business school, um, I'm often surprised that basic communication and public speaking is not always taught in college or high school or even business school. Um, It's sort of assumed that people know how to do it. And really it's a skill. And so it's a skill that every leader needs to learn, but particularly when you're in crisis. And very often leaders will have the knowledge base and the business acumen 
Um, but the problem is that you can have a lot of knowledge and, and the more knowledge you have, sometimes the more difficult it is to communicate that to an outside audience. And so it becomes very challenging sometimes for leaders to develop those communication skills that everybody needs. I mean, you are just spot on because you absolutely told very a critical piece of information because a lot of the leaders who have gone through higher studies from a top universities but there's nothing about this curriculum of public speaking or giving effective communication to the audience. So in that case, as you are also a professor and a, a great um, coach to all these leaders, so what are the things one should learn? How, how should one become a good communicator? What is the first step? So I think it all begins with really thinking very carefully about who is listening to you. And I think we often make the mistake when we're speaking to an audience that we focus our energy a lot on the information we're presenting and we sometimes forget to think about who's actually listening to that information. And so I always recommend starting your communication by thinking about who is your audience and building your communication around that. Hmm, that's, a, that's a good message. So in that, when I am a, at a CXO leader, communicating oh. with all the people, so my the audience or sometimes maybe the employees or the vendors or the customers or board of directors. So when all these people will come and I, if I have to give a, a very information about this crisis, let us say, for example, so how do I start? How do I get out of that fear? and? give my thoughts very clarity to all the stakeholders. So what should I do? Okay, great. Great question, Swami. So, it, you know, you've, you've pointed to a number of challenges of public speaking and of communication. And one of them is just that sometimes you're speaking to diverse audiences yeah. and that there's lots of different stakeholders in the room who may be listening to you for different reasons. How do you speak to all of them at once, right? Mm -hmm. And I also heard you talk about the anxiety that people feel at the beginning of giving a presentation where you feel this sensation of everybody watching you and you feel very judged and exposed and you're in the spotlight. And so a lot of times people get really nervous right at the beginning. And how do you start? Mm -hmm. um, so I can talk about both of those things. Let me start with the first one. Okay. When you're talking to an audience that is comprised of different audiences, each with different needs, it helps to just take some time beforehand and identify who those audiences are and why they each are in the room. And you're not going to speak to all of them at once, but even just taking that few minutes to think about who's in the room. And so you can gear part of your presentation towards each one so that everyone gains value is helpful. But then that leads also to the second piece, which is about the anxiety. And so often we're anxious about speaking. And I see, you know, CEOs who are very anxious about public speaking. So it's really universal. Yeah. We're anxious because we feel like we're in the spotlight and it's all about us. And so if you actually can turn the energy and focus on helping the audience, then not only are you meeting the need of the audience, but you're also helping with your own anxiety because speaking ends up being a form of service to the audience. 
No, I, I really like the way you put it. Uh, you know, I am a president of a non-profit organization, of course, of volunteering, where the service is the critical, but I am very delighted to hear that you have focused this as a service to the audience. I think I did not think about that approach. That's a, definitely a great approach. So if I'm thinking, I am here to serve the needs of the audience, so you are putting the serving mindset, then I think things are completely different. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and then and then that can connect to how you begin, right? Then you can open with that. You can open with something that addresses the need of the audience, that sets the context for them in such a way that they feel heard, they feel understood, and from there, that to both relax you as a speaker and also helps the audience to focus on what you're saying. Excellent, excellent. Thank you for that piece. So in that, when I'm going a little bit deeper into it now, previous to COVID, when I'm talking about the communication or giving a speech, I'm really coming myself onto the stage and talking to the people in the auditorium. Now the people are in different parts of the globe and now mm -hmm. it has becoming more and more a zooming <laughs> what i would say you know the zoom conferences so it's more about the webinars or the webex so is do you see any different tips or techniques one has to follow as a leader uh, compared to physical presence to the web presence great question and it's 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 something i think we're all struggling with right now and it's hard it's really hard to speak to an audience who's remote and who's actually not in the room with you um, and if you think about it you know what it what it means to have leadership presence when you're speaking in front of a group is actually to be able to be present with the people you're talking to and that's so much harder when you're actually not physically present with the people in the room and i think that we often, and we all do this, we, we make the mistake of because we feel like um, people are far away and they're not really paying attention and they're not, we're not really sure they're hearing us, we tend to speak in a more distant way um, when we're virtual. And it actually, we actually have to do the opposite. We have to work even harder to connect to the human being who's listening to you and bring them closer. So that needs to be the mindset. And there's ways to do that, right? It's about using more emotionally connected language. It's about involving the participants more. Um, so we just have to work harder to bring them closer. No, I think that is another great point you mentioned because when people are really far apart from us, especially in the virtual, we always think they are not here. So how do I connect? And uh, sometimes uh, it is also uh, the piece of vulnerability, right? So when I'm a leader at a CEO level and then I'm talking to people of all different categories, there could be blue collar workers or white collar workers. So when I'm saying how much is good enough to do the interaction with the people, because sometimes they say, hey, you know, you are really doing too much interaction. You are not doing enough interaction. There is always a measure. So is there any yardstick or a measuring stick when I'm preparing a one-hour speech to the people, how do I really interact? How much is my uh, tone of emotions uh, has to be delivered to the people? You know, uh, is there anything you? I mean, I hope you got my point. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard. It, you know, what I hear you saying is it's hard to know how much interaction. How much do you talk? How much do you interact with the people? And I guess I like to think of it that the entire time you're interacting with them, that even if you're just talking and they're not doing anything 
you're interacting with them. You are speaking, you, you're speaking as though you are really having a conversation with people. And I, and I recommend that you intersperse like rhetorical questions or language that makes it feel like it's conversational the entire time. Because really the people should, who, who are listening to you should feel involved and engaged and important to the meeting the entire time. And then there's other ways to do it, to break up the time with questions and using the chat box and ways to actually have people more physically engaged. But even when they're not engaged, the goal is to be conversational, conversational with them the whole time. Now, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that um, uh, another important point about uh, the EQ and also the conversational. So in the current uh, situation, so when this makes sense to be more uh, giving eye to eye contact, of course, it's much difficult in the virtual scenario, but is it still better to do a PowerPoint presentation or a, a direct connection with the people, especially when you're communicating the crisis and the facts, or is it a combination? What, what is the better you advise to the CEOs? Great question. Um, so I, I keep in mind with PowerPoint that the purpose of the PowerPoint should be to reinforce the message of whatever you are saying. So it's never a substitute for the speaker. And especially when a leader is speaking in crisis and is delivering an urgent message, I think it is far more important to have eye contact, to look into the camera, to see the faces on the screen and really have that person-to-person -person eye contact. And then if you need to break that up with a slide to show a particular plan or put something in writing that needs to be visually seen, you can share the screen and break that up, but then come back to the face-to-face -face interaction because that's really what's most important. Okay, glad, glad you clarified. So I think um, mostly in the crisis, especially the face-to-face -face is much more than the PowerPoint, right? I know that's what we were saying, but you know, I've seen some of the people were talking about, no, because we want to see the facts, so we want to really show the screen. But in my mind, as a leader, you need to really have a face-to-face -face because you need to really uh, showcase your emotions to the people and they have to be very real and very authentic and uh, brings your EQ to the people so that you are really connecting to the people. Yes, and you've said something very important, Swami, which is that you need to show emotion, um, which is how people feel when they listen to you matters tremendously. And especially, especially when you're virtual. Of course, especially in a crisis, that matters like more than ever. But when you're virtual in a crisis, that takes it to another level. Because so much of communication virtually, you lose the emotion. All of the body language, the nonverbal cues, the little intonations of your voice that communicate warmth and empathy and all the things you want to communicate, a lot of those get lost on virtual. And so it becomes even more important to put those things in and to actually like be face to face with the people that you're talking to. Excellent. And um, uh, another key point is, you know, when you are at a CEO level and talking to multiple people across multiple geographic locations, sometimes there are very, very critical information which you can pass it on to somebody and which you have to really uh, do not want to share it publicly, right? So there is always uh, the information you need to be gauge which one we have to give because you don't know with this all technologies who is doing the recording of the message 
and how they are inter you know interpreting of the message and how they are communicating back to the social media all those things are there so in this case how do we screen the information because when you are a crisis so is it better to do more impromptu or more you really prepare and then come up with the points because some of the leaders what i've seen if they are really prepared they are not able to deliver a better speech if you are impromptu they are able to deliver the better speech so have you come across these different scenarios with the coaching what you have been giving to ceos of different companies so one of the things i hear you asking these are really great questions is whether it's better for leaders to be able to speak impromptu or to really be prepared and i i think obviously there's situations for both right you can't you can't have there's no one answer for that i will say that i think the preparation even for an impromptu communication that you can prepare the core message of whatever you're delivering that you can think through who's in the room what do they need what's going on for them and then you can ask yourself okay what do we want them to feel how what do we want them to know and what do we want them to do after they listen to this communication and by answering those core questions it can help you clarify the message so that you don't need to prepare necessarily a script to say you can actually think of it more like a story that you're telling them yeah see because you know most of the politicians at least i think there are always people who write the speech and they go and they deliver the speech but for the ceos or the cxos they really need to know because they know what is really happening and then they need to communicate that and in my speeches most of the time i always give at the end of it as a call for action because uh-huh. we want to have action oriented communication so that once we come once we communicate the message we want to call for the action so in your mind how is that is that a good idea to do a call for action is it recommended or what do you see absolutely if you i think that the the call for action is critical you know i i i really believe there's very few times where there's such a thing as a strictly informative yeah. speech right i mean you're always trying to get the audience to make a change whether you're trying to get them to believe something in a different way to look at something differently or actually to do something differently and um the whole in many ways the entire speech can be seen as a call to action because you're moving the audience from point A to point B and that is that's a call to action right even if you're just trying to get them to take a different perspective that itself is a call to action and it's the call to action doesn't only need to be at the very end it can be woven throughout the communication so one important thing like you know this podcast so now this podcast where you are not really doing a eye to eye contact but you really want our listeners to go with the message mm-hmm. so in this kind of a communication do you feel uh, kind of a an emotional talking you know sometimes you have to have a long vowels or keeping uh, bringing down your tone is that makes a sense uh, or what is your recommendation for the podcast type of a communication to the listeners. Yes, so you're right that when you and I are talking right now we can't see each other and it's hard for me to gauge your emotional reaction to what I'm saying and it's hard for you to gauge my emotional reaction. And so really all that we have is our voices. 
And so it's important to use the voice to the best of your ability. And as you mentioned, changing the emotional tone of your voice is very, very important. So that when you are uh, talking about a problem, it's very helpful to have a problem tone in your voice mm -hmm. versus when you get to the solution to have a much more hopeful tone. And that consistency between the sound of your voice and the content of your words helps the listener get the full extent of your message. No, thank you. So that's what, because I always say, you know, if, especially if you're uh, listening to something and if it is very monotonous, I think you may not uh, have that interest long for last, all right? You know, it, it, the duration will be very less. But if it is a very emotional oriented voices and it will give you the aha moment or the caution where it is a really a problem or making them doing a, some thought provoking. So I'm thinking, you know, those are all good. So I'm, thank you for clarifying and emphasizing so I can tell all my uh, co-CXO leaders, hey, you know, what I'm doing is correct. <laughs> it certainly is. And I've noticed and just in listening to you over the course of our conversation that you have a very nice way of changing the tone of your voice to reflect what you're saying. And I think that makes a big difference. Excellent, thank you. So to the end of it, I just want to know, is there any framework one has to follow for the effective communication, especially the CXO leaders? Because how do we improve on time to time basis to make sure I do give a better communication to all my stakeholders? So do you give any framework for us to follow? Do you mean a framework in order to improve your progress or yeah. a framework of how to prepare? Both actually. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, so I'll start with the second one of okay. a framework of how to prepare. Mm -hmm. um, and so again, I think it always starts with the audience. Think okay. about who's in the room and make that, in, build that into the routine is to think who, what's who's in the room and what do they need and what are they not telling me, right? That's very important. What are the things that are emotionally going on for them that they wouldn't say out loud? And then build a core message around that need of the audience. And from there, build the story that you're trying to tell, right? The, the, the journey that you want to take the audience on. Um, and it, you know, having a clear beginning, middle, and an end to that journey. And um, in terms of how to, a framework for how to measure your progress, so I think it's one of the really helpful things right now about all of these Zoom presentations is doing what we're just doing. You and I are recording this conversation, right? It's very easy to record Zoom meetings and Zoom presentations. Just press record. So I highly recommend record, seeing if you can record the presentation and then reviewing it. It's, okay. As a team, just listening to it with some fresh eyes, maybe bringing in somebody who isn't involved in the content to help listen to it and really just just allowing being open to hearing things that you didn't expect to hear for the good and for the bad don't just pay attention to all the mistakes you made and the fact that you don't you hate the way your voice sounds and all those things that we feel but listen to actually what you did well and then from there work on preparing for the next presentation and so i think that that reflective time of listening to yourself and to yourselves as a team is very helpful. Thank you. So, and the last, uh, as you have been hearing, storytelling is coming to the mainstream. 
so how do you what is your uh, uh, thought on having a storytelling as part of the communication as a leader is it a good to do or is it only limited to somebody what is your take on it i really think it's essential uh, i think that the best presentations really tell a story and and i you know i work with people who are in very highly technical fields like yours right where they're presenting a ton of data yeah. and and the whole goal is to turn the data into a story right exactly. to turn the most complex you know technical presentation into a story and the a story that has that has tension right it has a problem it has something that's not working out and then it has redemption there's something that actually gets figured out over the course of the presentation and so thinking of the arc of your presentation as the arc of a narrative is really really helpful both for you as a speaker and also for the audience and then i'll just also say though that actually telling stories over the course of your presentation is also really helpful for people. People remember stories. So telling stories to bring the data to life and using concrete details in the stories, using people's names and describing the way things look like. Those are the things that people that are going to make people remember your message and your information. Excellent, excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much Sarah for giving all these details. So any final word to my listeners across the globe from the communication any final thoughts? So I you know I really have been um very inspired by the way that leaders have stepped up during this time and one of the things that I find particularly meaningful is when the leader is able to balance two things right they're able to on one hand totally express the fact that this is really difficult and that it's not only difficult for you it's difficult for me it's difficult for all of us and really like own that mm-hmm. and on the other hand that we are going to get through this and it's not going to be easy but we are going to get through this and being able to do those two things it sounds obvious on some level but it's really hard when you want to just make things better it's really hard to stop first and fully acknowledge how difficult the time is but doing that first can help the listener then be able to really move forward with the solution. No, absolutely you are right. I think uh, one of the fantastic uh, video message what I've seen is the Hyatt's uh, CEO's message, you know, how this has mm. come really it is very touching and is giving very good acknowledgement but at the same time is also putting the action. So I think you are absolutely right because one of the key thing is giving the acknowledgement about the situation. and we are not superhumans we are normal human beings we really want to acknowledge what we can do what we cannot do but the only the difference is as leader we are having willingness to change for good and here we all have to work together with a collaboration so absolutely i think you really summarized with a very nice message and a good message to all my fellow cxo leaders so thank you so much sarah thanks for joining with us and giving some great tips and we'll definitely again connect back with you so maybe we'll do some one session with all the cxo leaders across the globe for effective communication and then how to use the better framework and how to measure it so thank you so much thank you swami such a pleasure thank you for having me thank you Thank you.